I just want to tell you guys that during my work day, when things get the most mundane, I turn on the Sick and Wrong podcast, and I listen to you guys, and you know what? I laugh, and it's important to me. I can't tell you how deeply I appreciate your broadcast. So please, 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 I can't beg you enough. Please keep it sick. Please keep it wrong. Keep it so, so wrong. It's all beautiful, my friends. And on nights like tonight, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you enough. This is the show. Fuck all the rest. Anal toys and midget sex. Shoot some snack. Break out the bong. Harrison will keep it sick and wrong. Keep it sick and wrong. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. And I'm Harrison. Harrison, Mashana Tova. Right. A little bit of Hebrew. Of course. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy Yom Kippur. Do you know today was Yom Kippur? Um. I did because a Jewish person told me. Actually, they said it was Yom Kippur yesterday or something. No, it's right? today. Well, it started today? last night, mm. and then uh, you're supposed to fast all day. It's funny because you know, people I work with know. Yeah, they, they might know my dad was a rabbi, mm. but they know I'm not. Like, I'm an atheist. I don't really mm. practice Judaism. But yeah, I had like fucking five or six people being like, "So are you going to fast?" And it's like, no. Why? Why would I fast? I know some Jewish people that aren't religious Jews they don't go to temple they don't practice they don't read the Torah they, they do fast on Yom Kippur are they anorexic? no like, they're just women? like well it's good to spiritual <laughs> thing to do to, you know they just it's like an excuse to do something yeah you know? I, but I feel like that's such a cop out it's like oh I'm gonna fast but I don't go to synagogue and say mm-hmm. all the fucking prayers that you're supposed to do so what are you like mm-hmm. uh, that's your attempt at being a Jew? Uh, yeah I, I think that's that doesn't what they, even count. You know, you're, if, if I think people Jew- don't realize. Look, I mean, we, we, we live in the era of like pick and choose theology, you know, which is fine. You know, I guess it's whatever fine makes you feel you good, do, you know, whatever blows your dress up. But I know. think the Jewish God, yeah. the vengeful God that he is, would be like, yeah, you know what? That's a cop out. People don't realize that Judaism is actually about nothing other than obeying rules. That's what it's about. It's all about obeying rules. A lot of guilt. And, and I had, you know, I have a friend of mine who was an Orthodox Jew in Brooklyn, and he was telling me about, uh, we were talking about faith, and he's like, let me tell you something. Faith is absolutely irrelevant in Judaism. It's like, it doesn't matter whether you believe in fucking Yahweh or not. You just have to obey these fucking rules. That's all you have to do. Yeah. That's it. And then they guilt you into not obeying the rules yeah. because you're not passing on the religion to the next generation. Right. But whatever. I, I'm like the worst Jew ever. It's like people were asking me this. I was like, Rosh Hashanah was last weekend when I was in New York City. I'm fucking getting my ass tattooed. Mm. My whole leg and my ass tattooed on Rosh Hashanah. You sh- when you should have been beating a chicken to death. Yeah, exactly. I should have been whatever like tossing the do. chicken against yeah, the wall, yeah. spinning yeah. around, blood spraying. And say, I think if there's a Jewish hell, if there's Jew hell, yeah. I'm probably going to go to it. You'll, then you'll be the chicken. What do you think? And Jew a giant hell rabbi will be fucking smashing your head against the wall. What do you think Jew hell is? Just like a room just filled with pennies that yeah. are super glued to the ground. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> just trying to pick them up. 
<laughs> yeah, something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, or like just like a really bad buffet. <laughs> <laughs> just filled with pork and bacon. Yeah, yeah. Can't eat anything. Um, and you just complain. It, and it's, bagels are terrible. Uh, and know, it's forever. really hot in there, so you're like yeah, yeah. schwitzing everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, hot weather, uh, you were in Vegas this, this past week. I was, I was. And yeah. you, you know, you don't, you don't like Vegas. I right? don't. I don't, I'm not a fan. I, that, um, I find that crazy that you've lived out here as long as you have, and you've only been to Vegas what twice? Twice. That's crazy. And one time was just for work, and one time was uh, before I even moved here. What? What, so. what, what? I mean, what don't you? What do you just? You don't like the the excess, the the waste, the frivolity of Vegas. What is the deal? You just, I mean, there are people. It's uh, look, I can understand the appeal of it. It's basically white trash Dubai. Okay, that's I, what I, it's white trash Dubai. Yeah, exactly. I, can, I okay, I understand the appeal. That does not appeal to me, and also just like <laughs> looking at at grotesques, you know, from from I don't know, Wyoming or whatever. Like that doesn't appeal that's, to me either. It's a cro- it's a Put cultural sh- cross section of grotesquery. It's you like the- you already look grotesque. Why those sweatpants? What yeah, are you doing? Where else can you see like a 400 pound woman on one of those little Amigo scooters with an oxygen tank mm. in the back still smoking mm. and drinking while she's playing slot machines? I don't know. I, I could go see my aunt, you know, if I want to do that, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I enjoy alive. Vegas, like at least once a year, I like yeah. go to Vegas. But then after two days, I have to leave you because I just feel like you need to cleanse yourself and just get away from it. Yeah. You'll be like disease. I don't know. It's uh, so. What'd you go there for? I, we went to go. Friend of mine was like, "Hey, I want to go see Mike Tyson's one man show." <laughs> Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds ridiculous. They, yeah. He's wait. He's doing like a Vegas. Is he have like a residency or something? Yeah, for this, it's a limited engagement. But not uh, at a yeah. casino. Uh, yeah, it's at a it's what a, casino. It's at Brad Garrett's comedy club in the MGM. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So he is it kind of like Henry Rollins' spoken word. It's far less stupid than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's far less far stupid. less stupid yeah, than Rollins' yeah. public uh-huh. word. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, what what does he do? If it's a one man show, does he like sing and dance, play he, piano? No, he goes over like it's like stand up comedy, and but he goes over his like life story and like you know different fights that he was it's in like and anecdotes. Like, what he like bit, bit Holyfield's ear off and. You know, it's it's basically it's basically it's weird because it's the closest thing to vaudeville that I've ever seen. Well, but vaudeville implies that they're doing other things. No, like not necessarily. That's not tap dancing and shit. Misinterpreting the word vaudeville, because um, back in the day, like Jake LaMotta, the boxer, and fuck, even in the nineteenth century, like you know Wild Bill Hickok or something, when they were done doing their thing. Or the guy who shot fucking Jesse James, Robert oh, Ford. Yeah, yeah, Robert you know, Ford. That's what they would do. They would go on tour as a theater show. Even though they weren't theater, theater people necessarily, they'd be like, well, I remember when I was scouting for Custer, you know, and then had somebody, you know, it was a thing. That's so it's like a do. spoken word tour, kind of. If you want to interpret it through your weird 90s lens <laughs> by calling it spoken word, sure. Well, you, you've got this like 1920s yeah. lens. Let's get Maggie Step involved in this. Vaudeville implies we'll, to yeah. me that he's yeah. like, you know, probably going to be in blackface with like a suit that's checkered. Uh, was he wearing a checkered suit? No, he was not. Okay. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Three-piece um, checkered suit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a particular theater experience. You know, it's something that used to be like a guy who was a boxer or like a fucking soldier, a famous, you know, whatever, 
soldier, like who, when they get old enough where they can't do that anymore, a lot of times they do a show like this. It's a thing. You it's a fucking, yeah, story. it's an American tradition. So how long was it? 75 minutes. Wow, 75 yeah, minutes. Yeah. It's longer than I thought. It Does he really, I mean, is his lisp like that, like discernible? I mean, was it? Yes, because it was like, <laughs> as soon as he st- he's like, so, he's excusing himself for the lisp in the beginning, but he's like, but you'll, don't worry, you'll, you'll get it. Because at first I was like, shit, I'm not going to be able to understand like 70% of what he says as soon as he started talking. But within five minutes, I was like, I was, I could see the matrix. You know, I, everything was clear <laughs> so to something me. You could everything he it. said was totally clear to me. So you didn't, you didn't heckle him for his voice. Bethlehem. Oh yeah, that's what I did. That is <laughs> that's the one thing. Like that's one guy. Yeah. He could go to a comedy yeah. club and rest assured that he's probably not going to get heckled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. He he. <laughs> He told a lot of funny stories. He told a story about like going to Neverland Ranch, and he's like, "Oh, the ki- the kids, it's, the whole place is kids. The security is is eight, is a nine year old, and the guy at the desk is a ten year old. You know, it's like the it's just like a whole place manned by children." <laughs> And, like, and, and Aaron Carter was there, you know. Wait, was and, he was he friends with Michael Jackson? No, no. But he one time got later in Michael Jackson's life got invited to the. Apparently in the eighties they didn't like each other. Apparently oh. there was two famous, you know, uh, African American gentlemen named Michael. Uh, massive egos. Yeah, yeah, didn't get along. So yeah, but he, yeah, he told a story about that. He told a story about like one of his like managers who he just fucking beat the fuck out like broke his eye socket and his you know oh jaw, shit why what know? happened because like, it was like the guy the guy bought they were at a watch store and Mike Tyson was gonna buy a really expensive watch I mean he was flirting with the girl at the watch store and um, the guy the guy who was the manager this British guy was like oh no no I'll buy it and Mike Tyson's like well I want two and they, these were like $300,000 watches you know so he bought them for him um, but then he apparently right afterwards he like canceled the credit card so then Mike Tyson actually ended up hooking up with the watch lady who later got fired oh because uh, yeah. yeah because yeah. the charging go through yeah um, who later got fired and she called him up she's like what the hell and he realized like oh they canceled the charges on the watches the guy so it's probably like a Cartier watch yeah. or something so he called the guy he said come over and he just beat him like you know <laughs> senseless <laughs> Broken eye socket, broken jaw, just like, you know, broken arm. Even like Mike Tyson now, like what, 20, 15 years, 20 years after his prime? Yeah. 25 years after his prime? If he punched you in the yeah. face, yeah. your face would just be completely yeah. deformed. Because have, have you ever been, seen a fight where somebody got their eye socket broken? Yeah, my, uh, my roommate in college. Yeah, it's a sound. Broke man. his orbital arch. Yeah. That's a sound. Do, do you oof, ever see what oof. happens after when they have to get like that weird? It's kind of it's not a cast. It's like a wire cast. No, right? I haven't seen that. Yeah, he had to have like this these wires that held his eye together. It was amazing. He totally deserved it too. Right. Yeah, I remember like uh, some some he said something to some teens, and this teen just walked over to him, and just bam, <laughs> it just broke his eye saw his orbital yeah. arch, oof. and then uh, then the teen felt really bad. It's like, oh my god, I'm, so, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. my friend was just a drunk dick. So anyway, anyway, I was I like the show, and he's, just, he's got a lot of crazy stories. He's got a lot of crazy, you know, he's you know tigers. He's got a lot of fucking wacky stories. Did he talk tell. about any sexual conquests, like banging uh, any celebrities? Because you know that dude probably banged a lot of celebrities back then. Yeah, he he was talk. He did talk about some sexual stuff. Nothing with any celebrities though. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, maybe uh, maybe he doesn't want to talk shit and or have, get sued uh, or get know? sued or yeah. something for yeah. slander. So. 
Hmm. It's possible. Wow. So what? But afterwards, yeah, was, did he hang out? Like, could you go meet him? No, we didn't meet him. He just he retreated away into the thing. Oh, that was um, it. But it was weird because there was like this guy sit, sitting in front of us. He was like this young guy, you know, just looked really nondescript. Looked like he had like a ponytail tied back and glasses. And a good luck. Looked like he might have been a programmer, you know, <laughs> you know. And he had like his developer. girlfriend was just this like really kind of weirdly trashy, you know, Asian girl that was like, huh, this is a weird. And then. I don't. I, I guess I'm naive or something. It took me a minute, and I'm like, "Oh wait, this is the girlfriend experience. This is what he's doing." Oh wow, this yeah. guy's in Vegas. Yeah. He's got full GFE going. Yeah, I'm sure. So, because it looks like you know, she was definitely on maybe a little meth. You know, they're like there was, it was recognizable. It didn't, you know, it just didn't compute, and she was just kind of like, Ugh, you know, you could just tell by her eyes darting around, yeah, <laughs> frantically. I mean, I, I just just looking at her, I felt a little dirty. You know. Did you notice any of that though when you're in uh and you're in Vegas? It's like as the night progresses, like as it gets like when you're at like Mandalay or MGM or Bellagio or some of those ones. It's like as it gets towards like three a.m., you just see like single women, attractive single women, by themselves at the bar. I did not notice that. You know, is that it's mm. it, they're all hooking. Mm. It's like Mandalay oh, Bay they okay. go to. It's like all of a sudden it's like wow, there's a lot of like kind of attractive women right. <laughs> you're just by themselves at this mm. bar like yeah. that's weird because usually in vegas it's like you know a gaggle of screaming girls from like in a bachelorette party or a birthday Ugh. party with like yeah. a sash that's, you know yeah. like they're all wearing sash sashes that says birthday bitch. <laughs> birthday bitch i saw that one <laughs> <laughs> you know they're all she looked get... like the least happy birthday bitch i've ever seen too I think it's going to be a big wild orgy in Mike Tyson's room. Mm. I wonder if he, like, if you know, I bet you MGM probably gives him a suite, like, on the top. I think he's, like, top floor. Yeah, I think he's, like, calmed down a bit. I don't think he's doing a crazy You don't think he parties? I bet you he still parties. Mm. I'd love to party with him. Did, uh, speaking of partying, did he talk about, like, any uh, stories about the Playboy Mansion? No, no. But he must have gone there. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he partied there. No. Um, Good segue into uh, Hugh Hefner. (laughs) Yeah, right in the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, real top-notch there. I like to call attention yeah. to the segues, just in yeah. case anyone missed it. Right, yeah. <laughs> i got to make it to that uh, yeah. Mike Tyson show, though. How long is it running for? Uh, I think it's like another month or something. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right, it I'll was, have to I mean, make it, it was, down there. It was, you know, I'm sure it's better than the Chris Angel fucking show that's permanent bucks. residence there. Probably better than Penn and Teller. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't pay. It was just like, from was just like, look, you want to go? I'll pay for it. I'm like, sure. So you're kind of getting the girlfriend yeah. experience. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Except that I'm doing um. anything. <laughs> <laughs> except well, except we get really drunk off a fro- giant frozen margarita in like a 60 ounce fucking a glass that looks like the tower, you know, the Eiffel Tower. Do you know those gaggle of like overweight women from the Midwest find that really attractive when they see a guy walking around with one of those like bongs <laughs> filled with like margarita sloopy? But no, to believe me, they were you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I fucked up that segue because then we went back to talking about Tyson. I know. So yeah. Let's go back to the Hugh Hefner thing. <laughs> so the point of this was to go into Hugh Hefner, who died this week. You know, rest in peace, uh, the founder of Playboy. The icon of sexual liberation, Hugh Hefner. Everybody's like lionized this guy because that's what happens when when an icon dies. But you know, like up until I guess what when did he die? Wednesday, Thursday, something. Like prior to that, everybody was talking shit about this guy and how gross he is. Yeah, and how I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bummed because I never I never actually made it to the Playboy Mansion. I came close. I came close twice. 
We were invited to party. Well, I, w- I was with some friends. I was down here visiting. I was living in San Francisco. We actually went there because we were invited to the party and we couldn't get in. Huh. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, it was really weird. We weren't with the celebrity, but we were supposed to meet a celebrity there. Okay. And uh, we, we got to the point, what they do is you park. It's kind of in, I think it's in Westwood. It's in Beverly Hills. Uh, but you park and then they shuttle you up. And so we even got in the shuttle, shuttled up. I was really stoked. This is like 2001, maybe, 2000, okay. 2000. I was like, wow, this is going to be amazing. Get to go to the Playboy Mansion. This is going to be great. And we got all the way up to the shuttle, and they're like, yeah, you can't come in. Sorry. It's, I mean, there were like five dudes. Yeah. And I'm sure Hefner's like, no, not letting five swinging dicks in the Playboy Mansion. Did they, no, <clears throat> did they sell that? Did they still own that, or did they sell that mansion? No, it's it's. Uh, I was actually going to talk about it in a second. Oh. It was actually bought by the guy who made a fortune with PBR and Twinkies. Hmm. Yeah, okay. It's like the son of this like Greek tycoon. Yeah. Just sold it, sold it to uh, Playboy, sold it. Um, but Hefner didn't even own it at the yeah. end, you know. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I never got a chance to go there. But I mean, Hefner's an icon. No matter what you say about him, I know a lot of feminists this past week were freaking out, writing diatribes of how disgusting and how much of a pervert he was. Mm. And then there were all those tell-all memoirs that came out like mid-2000s. Um, actually, I, I spent a good three hours this week trying to track down this one, Jill Ann Spaulding. I don't know if you ever heard of her. She wrote the best tell-all memoir. It's called, huh. uh, yeah, it was called, uh, I think it was called Upstairs. That's yeah. what it was called. Yeah, her book is called Upstairs. It is so poorly written. It's like some, like an eighth grader <laughs> writes a memoir. Like she self-published this book, but instead of getting it like hiring an editor or even having her mom take a look at it or something, <laughs> you know, her aunt who you know teaches elementary school, yeah. it's like she just published it and yeah. it oh it's so poorly written. However, she goes into lurid detail mm. about the orgies and about the sexual practices of Hugh Hefner. It's quite amazing. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, whenever... What is it, anything outrageous? Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whenever someone dies, though, mm. we overlook all the weirdness. Mm. We're just like, oh, no, this guy, is a, he's a cultural icon. He did so much. You know, you got to admit, he did do a lot for porn. Right. For pornography. Because did porn really exist? I mean, it did exist before Playboy, but was it published? Like, I mean, he was like a First Amendment crusader. Yeah. Like, it, was there any, like internationally published porn magazines prior to Playboy. I think like you used to have to get those weird like Tijuana Bibles. You know, you go down to Tijuana and then they give oh, you yeah, a little, you little little chat book that has like just drawings of like fucking Donald Duck fucking Popeye. And, and, yeah, but I mean yeah. I don't but I mean you could <laughs> get that was it. <laughs> but you could get That's all there was. But you remember looking at like the, yeah. the black and white porn of some chick with just a massive bush? Right, you know, like I mean, you could find it, but I don't think it was ever published prior to because Larry Flynn was after Playboy, right? Guccione was after Playboy, correct? Yeah, it was Hefner, and what a fucking life Hefner led. Yeah, Jesus Christ! No matter how much of a gross pervert you think the guy is, I'd have loved to have lived that life. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know that much about him, to be dude. Honest, so. I mean, but you yeah. know, where the guy had crazy parties in the seventies, mm-hmm. passed out quaaludes like fucking Tic Tacs. Well, you know, had, uh, did cocaine with like every fucking celebrity one thing i don't understand about him though is that like you know the whole you always hear about like oh i was a playmate and here's we had to fuck him you know once in the evening and we had this schedule and you know they say all this stuff about it and it's like i don't even it's hard for me like i'm i'm not even 40 yet and i'm already i mean granted i have anemia so i'm not totally normal but i'm fucking tired man i'm fucking tired now 
I can't imagine being 80 and giving a shit, being like, yeah, I'm going to fuck these. Like, I'd be like, I don't care. I'm just going to just, I'm just going to like do drugs and die. See, that's the know? thing I, I wonder about I Hefner. Like, do you think Hefner was doing this because he felt he had to, to carry on this type of like semblance, you know, this, mm. this pretense that he made, this could, character that he made of himself, like could be. walking around in his smoking jacket or his robe with mm. a pipe. It's like, and everybody expected Hefner, you're this caricature and this is what you do. Mm. Like you got to have like once a week sex with 12 women, you know, and it, it, there's a full on ritual. Uh, um, Joanne Spalding wrote in her book upstairs. Uh, she was saying she, she did an interview. I, I was trying to track this woman down for like three hours. Mm. I like I looked on every form of social media. I was doing like if you ever watched the movie the show Catfish. Yeah. Like they do reverse yeah. searches and all right. sorts of things. Yeah. I was trying to catfish investigate yeah. to try to track this lady down. She's not she's off the grid. Okay. I don't know where she is. Hmm. I'm thinking she's like somewhere in Montana writing a manifesto. But anyway, she did an interview in 2004 with uh, Stepping Out Magazine, whatever that is. I wrote Chauncey Hayden. Chauncey Hayden. That's Stepping who she did magazine. the interview with. Yeah, yeah. Like that's who Chauncey was interviewing her. <laughs> she um, was a scumbag. <laughs> so he asked her, what happens on sex night? So she said, yeah. So when it's sex night, which is once a week, you go upstairs and the girls who are brand new or the girls who don't have their own room yet, they have to take a bath. Hmm. And that's a requirement. Then you also have to put on a certain pair of pink pajamas. They're all lined up and neat. You can tell that they've been to the cleaners. Um, his like handlers tell him to put them on, even though you take the pajamas off as soon as you enter Hef's room. And so he's like, well, what is, what's Hef's rooms like? And she goes, it's really dark in there. And there's just loud techno music playing <laughs> and two huge big screen TVs playing gay porn. Huh. Which is weird. Right. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. So he says it's a very big room. She goes, yeah. She goes, it's not exactly huge because it's an old house, but it has like tons and tons of stuff everywhere to the point where you almost have to make a trail to get around. All right. It's kind of a hoarder. He asked her how many women were in the room. She says there are 12 girls when she was there. And he, and he is, does Hef actually have sex with all 12 girls? She goes, I didn't think he did because nobody talks about it. There's not one girl who will talk about it. He's like, well, that, you know, he's, how is a man who's 78 years old able to have sex with that many women? Right. And uh, she says, well, he doesn't really do anything. He just lies there on the bed with his Viagra erection. Mm. This is in her words. Okay? okay. It's just a fake erection. And each girl gets on top of him for two minutes while the girls in the background try to keep him excited. Mm. They'll yell things like, fuck her, daddy. Fuck her, daddy. It's a lot of cheerleader action going on. Hmm. The main girlfriend then wipes off his uncondomed penis. So he's not even wearing protection here. Right. She's the girl who actually shares the bed with him. She sleeps there all night. She's around 22 years old. He uses all the same girls. She's been there for three years now. So that must be Holly Madison. Remember that one? The blonde? The main blonde? Yeah, yeah. When it first gets started, his main girlfriend gives him oral sex. Then she has sex with him. She's the first to go because that's the safest for her. No protection and no testing. He doesn't care. Hmm. So that's kind of vile. Because if you think about these 12 girls, I'm sure they're fucking like their real boyfriends outside of the Playboy Mansion. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, but then they have to do their duty to, uh, to, to have sex with Hef. Um, so she said, yeah, she said. What do they that, get for um, doing that? They get money or they get to be in the magazine? Yeah, I guess, well, they get to be a Playboy play. If you fuck him, you get to be a Playmate. Let me ask you something. What's a magazine? What's a magazine? Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, 
it just seems weird to me. Well, I mean, yeah. this, keep in mind though, this okay. is like 1990s. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, Fair I mean, yeah. in the 80s and 90s. I think a lot of these girls can make their career, even right. though it didn't really. I mean, right. how many Playboy centerfolds do you even remember? Um, the only ones I remember had cone heads, <laughs> if you recall correctly, because that was the the issue of play, Playboy that I had. So, so I guess you know. he gives them a thousand dollar a week allowance. That's it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a thousand bucks a week. That's all you get. And there's a curfew of like 9 p.m. So you go out there in the day. He used to give them cars, but he stopped giving them cars. Hmm. He, I think he started leasing. They lease them cars, like to the main girls. Okay. And you only get a thousand bucks a week. But you got to buy like new outfits and all that shit. So uh, she asked him, like, did, did you use a condom when he had sex with these women? She's like, no, he, he doesn't care about that. And then he's like, well, Chauncey's like, well, do the girls that he's having sex with care? And she said, they care. But they're also getting like a thousand bucks a week. Right. And they're living for free. Yeah. So maybe they're willing to do it. So he asked her then, if you didn't have sex with Hefner, then what are you doing while you're there? And she said that each girl pairs up with another girl and they pretend to have girl on girl sex while Hefner is having his turn with one of the, you know, the different girls for the mm. two minutes. She says it's not real lesbian sex. We're just pretending. Nobody else really likes each other. And uh, she's like, and meanwhile, he's just watching the gay porn. Hmm. So, which is kind of weird to me that, uh, like, I mean, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I guess that's what Chauncey is like. So Hef likes to watch male gay porn. Like, do you find that odd? And she answers, yeah, but he just needs to see that stuff to keep himself hard. Okay. So what does that mean? Does that mean that he actually is attracted to uh, dudes? Couldn't, it could mean that. Or is it just the whole deviant nature of everything that's going on around him? Yeah. Just adding to the deviancy. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like you got yeah. girls having fake sex here. You got gay porn on techno yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, uh, why didn't you have sex with him? And she says, she did, she did have a turn, but she just said no. And he goes, well, what happens when you say no? And she goes, well, nothing, because I kept my pants on. If you leave your pink pajama bottoms on, that means you don't want to have intercourse. And that's okay? I guess, well, I guess it's okay. Until it's done. But then you get kicked out of the mansion. Oh. So she was supposed to be living there for a few days, but then uh, because he's not having sex, she was just like, you're not invited to the next party. Mm. So, and that just is kind of like your cue to leave the mansion. See, I'm doing so, the, like the math in my head about the 50, so it's like, oh, it's $52,000 a year. Now, is, are, are they getting checks or are they getting cash? You know, that would be a big factor. That's a good question you for, uh, for taxes. tax-free... If it's tax-free, eh, that might be worth it. But but then you're living in a, like, you, you get free rent, but you're also living in a place that has, like, rules and shit, like a rehab or a jail. Well, that's the thing, 9 p.m., you, know? you, so. you like, you're, uh, I don't think you're allowed to do, like, hard drugs, like meth, you know? But, I mean, I think back in the 80s, you could. But, right. I mean, this fucking, like, Hefner's, like, 80 years old. These women are, what, like, 22? Yeah. 23? Right. How would you justify that? Like, how would you explain that to someone? Like, could you date a girl? Who is having sex with Hefner? Or would you be too disgusted? I could, I could do a lot of things, man. I, I won't put it past me. In the right situation, the right person, sure, I could do that. I mean, I, I wouldn't date a 22-year-old. Yeah, know? but what I'm Most saying, but let's say you're, you're 22, yeah. you're 25, you, date, you meet this girl and she's like, okay. oh, by the way, I live at the Playboy Mansion. Mm. I can't get you into the parties because you're a dude. Um, but I live for free and I get a thousand bucks a week and I can hang out with you before 9 p.m., but you know that she has sex, unprotected sex, with an 80-year-old man. I would just look at her and be like, you have no soul. 
Oh. Or, you know, or any, like, fucking self-awareness. It's like, would you stand back and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I suck a grandpa's cock for a thousand bucks a week. I mean, but yeah, but you worked at a strip club, too. I mean, the, nobody... Those strippers does, make more money than that, yeah, though. But anybody, yeah, I know. But anybody does anything like that, they think they're like, oh, the, it'll be fine. I'll just look at it this way, and then I can just move on with my life. There's always a toll. There's always a, a, a price, a toll it takes. Always. God, I, I could just imagine. Yeah. Just like... So. like Holly but Madison. When you're 22, you you don't know. You don't. Well, know. these girls tried to write these tell-all memoirs. Mm. They're like, "Oh, I was abused. I was psychologically tortured." It's like, come on. Right. You knew what you were doing. You know, and then that's why, like, a lot of the uh, feminists this week who have been, you know, uh, deriding Hefner. Um, that's the thing. It's like it's not like these. He was forcing these. These girls weren't captive. Mm. They were right. allowed to leave if they wanted to. Yeah. It's like being a stripper. It's like it's that's scummy. Why it's not it's scummy. Criminal. It's yes. not criminal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of gross. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think these girls are complicit. They're not right. without fault here. Sure. Yeah. But whatever. But yeah, yeah. The guy that uh, bought the the Playboy Mansion apparently, uh, he's uh, it's officially turned over to Darren Metro- Metropolis, a 33 year old entrepreneur who's best known for reinvigorating nostalgic hipster brands like Pabst Blue Ribbons and Hostess. Hello, I am Darren Metropolis. His father, I guess, is like a private equity investor worth like billions and billions. Mm. He bought Pabst and he bought Hostess Twinkies when they are going under. Mm. And like his son just kind of made Pabst cool again. When did that happen? When did, when did Pabst like start showing up in bars? Like... 15 years ago, ago? yeah 15 yeah but it became like uh like a lot of bars like harvard yeah. and stone is a good example yeah it's like they have like all these fancy beers but then they also have pass which is their cheapest shitty beer i always just assumed it was like people went to college and they saw blue velvet and that's what did and that's why it was like the way yeah but dennis yeah. hopper was like fuck that shit yeah or no, wait, yeah, I was remember the, that this, Heineken. Fuck that shit. Yeah, Pabst Blue that's what Ribbon. I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't think that's, but that was like '80s. I think Pam, PBR. No, but, I, but I'm saying people went to college and then and they saw that they movie cool. in college, and then they, yeah, that's what I thought. That's you know, what I assume. Like I, all I know is Pabst Blue Ribbon. I can't even drink it. I get ill. I get. I Ill can drink it if drink I have to, but yeah. it pisses me off that that's the hip beer. But mm-hmm. Miller High Life, what is that? Just fucking vomit. Like, they don't serve well, fucking... High, high Life's better than Paps, and it's the same price, so why not serve that? It's better than Paps just because I think there's just it's more water. There's more water in it. <laughs> so you're... <laughs> you know, you have to drink more of it to, to, to shit your fucking guts out. It's just so. barf without the yeah. chunks. Yeah, I guess that's basically what it is. But yeah, so anyway, this guy made it popular uh, again, and uh, he bought the property next door to the Playboy Mansion, in 2010 at the at the age of 25 for 18 million dollars and he said then he bought the playboy mansion for a hundred million dollars and uh with the stipulation that hefner could live there until he died Mm. so the transaction wouldn't be complete till hefner died so now he actually owns the mansion okay uh i guess a lot of the wealthy neighbors the affluent neighbors that live in that beverly hills uh area subdivision whatever uh they're all concerned because they're worried that this guy who's with his brother, they're like, I don't know, this kid's like 33 and his brother's yeah. like 28, are going to have just massive parties. Of course they are, yeah. And bring the whole party scene The back. most tasteless, idiotic parties. A lot of like, EDM music, yeah, I yeah. imagine. A lot of helicopters landing, you but, know, in the middle of the night. <laughs> DJ Tiesto <laughs> yeah. will be there, yeah. yeah. I, could, I could see that. Although I bet you there's probably more beautiful women than we'll ever see. Eh, you know, those yeah. kinds of... 
never mind. I'm gonna try to get into the party. I, yeah. If if I was that kid, good, good I would luck. just if I was that kid, I would buy that place. I'd buy the Neverland Ranch. I would just be like, all right, I'm just gonna buy all these famous places, restore it, and just have like. Uh, Oh, I would rather there. have the Neverland Ranch a million times over. Than the Playboy you know? Mansion? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that was one thing that, that, I'm sorry, that Mike Tyson was talking about. He said that nobody was, remember the chimp Bubbles? Oh, yeah. When he, by the time he got there, Bubbles wasn't there. And he asked, he's like, asked about Bubbles, and they're like, you can't talk about Bubbles. Apparently, Bubbles went crazy and started attacking people, so they had to put him down. Wow, really? Yeah, but they, they put Bubbles down? This is what I heard, yeah. I was wondering what happened to yeah, Bubbles. Yeah. Do you think he ever, like, fucked that monkey? I don't. I don't you don't think, think so? I don't know. Hmm. I think most of Michael Jackson's weirdness was not sexual. Not overtly sexual. I bet you jacked off on the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Why, though? You know? Why not? First of all, it's an ape. All right? Okay, it's and second an ape. of all, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about that, D. Well, who knows? <laughs> Too much Jesus juice. Yeah. Uh, People's episode 603 here is sick and wrong. Um, we have news stories coming up next. After that, uh, we have some phone calls. But first, here's a word about the beautiful, wonderful. How would Trump say that? It's like yeah. terrific. Yeah. It is a terrific, a truly terrific yeah. experience. <laughs> the Patreon page for sick and wrong. Yeah. It is terrific. Tremendous. <laughs> yes. Here's a word about the sick and wrong Patreon page. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a sick and wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sick and wrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better sick and wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sick and wrong. So the first story we got here came in from Rich. He says, these stories are getting so common now that they're losing their shock value. Anyway, fuck Trump. Cheers, Rich. Okay. Um, he's right, though. There's so many cannibal... Uh, cannibal stories out in the news uh, from time to time. Actually, I mean, I bet you there's like one cannibal story every week. Probably. In the news. Yeah. 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 Like, I was looking at this what chart. What do you think that is? I, I don't know. Hmm. I, 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 maybe uh, bath salts? I, right. I don't know. Like, what, 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 I, I, can't really, I can't really say why. Internet? Fidget spinners? Something. Fidget spinners and bath salts yeah. have caused a... Uh, a yeah. uh, yeah, surplus of cannibalism. Something. A uh, Russian cannibal couple may have drugged, killed, and eaten as many as 30 people, please say. And that's one thing. It's like there's a lot of cannibal stories across the world. I would say three-quarters of them come from Russia. That's true, yeah. I don't know if it's so cold there. <laughs> Maybe their food sucks. They just like to eat people in Russia. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what it is. There's a, there's a listener of ours from Russia that gets very upset whenever you talk about Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, if you get really, like, if that, if you did a lot of meth with her, yeah. she'd probably try to eat you. Okay. She mm. probably would. Mm. <laughs> That's probably why she probably is like, I am going to refrain from meth usage. It's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind oh, of thing. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, like in The Mummy. Yeah. Sure. 
Investigators believe that a Russian couple knocked their victims out with sedatives, then skinned them alive. Afterward, police say they ate parts of their victims, froze the remains, or packed them in jars filled with saline solution for later. Hmm. It's kind of weird. Can you eat that later? Like if you have like a, you know, like some testicles or something in a jar with saline solution. Uh, you does gotta it preserve make it. it? Uh, yeah, like jerky. You know, if you make it into jerky, then yes. I get, so you're saying like freeze dry it, like and make it like yeah, salt dry it, it out, salt, salt it. You know, salt will preserve it. Huh. That's how they, you know, before refrigerators, that's what they used to do to meat, right? I was about to, I was, yeah. I was like for a second there, I was worried that it's like, well, a friend of mine gave me his foreskin mm. and I just tried to, you know, jerk eat it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at times the couple tried to turn soldiers at the military academy where they worked into unwitting cannibals, slipping mm. canned human meat into their food. Who's canning the human meat? I guess they they worked in the kitchen at this military academy. Oh, okay, okay. So when the soldiers were going to eat, they were just slipping like you know, slip a couple body parts in there. Okay. Some uh, human flesh into their sloppy Joe. So they they subscribe to that theory, the, the that Wendigo theory that when you once you get a taste for human flesh, you have to have it. So you think that's what they're trying to do? They're seeing if they can make a cannibal soldiers. Because normally you just be like. You know, ha ha! You just ate some human flesh, and you're, you know, and you're like, oh, you got me, you got me, buddy. But no, if you believe that, then they have to, they have an unquenchable hunger for human. They have to have human flesh. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I wonder if our Russian listener is a vegetarian. If I lived in Russia, I would Mm. definitely be a vegetarian. I would not trust the meat there. Um, How would you cope with that, though? If you like found out, you know, you'd been. You know, the, a, a soldier at this military academy for like a couple of years, and you found out like, oh well, by the way, the kitchen crew that was in here are a bunch of cannibals. So you guys have been eating dead babies for like I don't know, a year. Well, you know, I think the the chocolate factory that fucking Jeffrey Dahmer worked at is yeah, still in business. Yeah, chocolate factory. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think he. I don't <laughs> think he took pieces of the the dead men that he. Uh, but how do you know? Cannibalized. You don't. You know. I guess you. How don't. do you know? Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you don't. Um, I've actually been to that factory. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, yeah I worked for a company, and uh, my first job out of college, it was like we had a, it was an industrial supply company, and so we had to make sales calls to our clients. So I had to go to the uh, Miller Brewery and the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was there with like this coworker of mine, this older guy, and I was just like, dude, this is totally where Dahmer worked. And he was like, who? And I was like, Jeffrey Dahmer. He's like, why would you care about that? I was like, why wouldn't you care about that? Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. I had him take my picture in front of it. Uh, anyway, uh, city police have arrested the couple. Natalia Bakshiva and her husband, 35-year-old Dmitry Bakshiv, um, who authorities say may be responsible for the deaths and disappearance of as many as 30 people in this uh, city of 750,000, southwestern tip of Russia. Hmm. It's uh, five hours uh, from Sochi. Remember Sochi, the Winter Olympics? Oh, yeah, where all the, the, rab- the feral dogs yeah. and falling out of the ceiling. <laughs> Just <laughs> dogs falling out of ceiling tiles, and it was great. Remember, like, the, uh, the, the rooms that the Olympians had, the, yeah. <laughs> had to live in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if the killings are confirmed, the couple would rank among the country's worst serial killers. That's one thing about Russia. It's like we have some pretty, I mean, we have some prolific serial killers here, but mm. the Russian serial killers are at a whole other level. Chikatilo, yeah. yeah Chikatilo, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, God. Serious business. So the investigation started September 11th uh, when crews repairing a road found a discarded cell phone. It still worked. 
So they swipe through the photos. So this whole uh, cannibalism couple here, they just they just make a lot of errors. Yeah, you know, a lot of a uh, lot of mistakes. You could tell that they're not good at what they do. Mm. Like I think cannibalism is a hobby for them, but I I just think it. I just feel like they make a lot of mistakes, and had they covered their tracks a bit better, they probably could have been killing for another ten years at least. Um, so yeah, so the 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 thing is, the guy left his cell phone, lost his cell phone. Mistake number one. Mistake number two: no password to get into the cell phone. Hmm. Who doesn't use a password on your cell phone? Yeah, it's crazy. You should. It's crazy. So anyway, they start flipping through the uh, the phone, and they found uh, photos of a man with different parts of a dismembered human body in his mouth. So the guy's taking selfies with severed appendages in his mouth. Yeah. There's mistake number three. It's like, what, what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> like, I mean, maybe take them and transfer the pictures to your hard drive. Yeah. Or put it on a flash drive and, like, stick it somewhere safe. But Jesus. Um, I always do that, though. If I find a phone, I always try to flip through it, though. Oh, of course. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. See if there's any porn. Absolutely. Um. So around that same time, investigators were pouring over the phone. Officers found the dismembered corpse of a 35-year-old woman uh, near the state-run aviation academy. So I, I think that was the victim. They were able to determine the phone's owners via, quote, special technical measures. I don't, I don't know what special technical measures are, but it's in Russia. Okay. I don't even know if I want to know. Right. Um, and so they arrested Bakshiv. And so in police custody, he just spilled the beans. He said he and his wife had practiced cannibalism at least 30 times in the past two decades. There you go. What is this, mistake number four now? Just confess? Like, why would you ever confess unless you're forced to? It's not, it's, yeah. It always, they always do. It's weird. I, mean, I, what, what, I don't know. What, well, I don't Especially know. Especially with all the TV shows that you watch and you learn not to do that. Yeah, but you don't, you don't know. You're not privy to Russian interrogation techniques. Uh, that's a good I point. don't know what they do. That's a good point. They get a... <laughs> ball to bite off your nutsack or yeah. get a bear or something to bite off your balls who knows um so uh the earliest killing here based on the timestamps of the photos dates back to 1999 uh for years a couple just lived at a hostile accommodation at the site of this military base and uh both of them had, had worked in the kitchen on the base uh they said they don't know they wouldn't they wouldn't say how they chose their victims only how they rendered them unconscious which is through sedatives so in the place of the residence of the suspects, the investigators discovered fragments of human bodies in a saline solution in the dormitory. Uh, there are frozen meat parts of unknown origin uh, in their kitchen. Uh, law enforcement discovered a glass jar with a canned hand inside of it. So I guess they canned a hand for later. No. Um, I wouldn't have eaten, if I ever went over to their house, I wouldn't have eaten anything. Right. I guess there's another picture of a, of a head on a plate of oranges. Did you see that? It's like on a platter. Dear God. Yeah. Well... It's a little Martha Stewarty, you know. It's kind of. I mean, presentation is. That's what I'm saying. Presentation yeah. here is mm -hmm. pretty good. Uh, according to one police source, uh, uh, the uh, the footage showed they had footage of the couple's home, showed a messy, disheveled room, with trash, debris, and clothes scattered across the floor and draped over furniture. Uh, there are also wigs on top of a small freezer and dozens of pictures on a bed. It kind of sounds like your apartment. Yeah, that does. That does. It, I was about to except say. Except for the, you know, the canned hands. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I can see yeah. you though. Like if you were at a, I don't know, like the Pasadena flea market. Yeah. And there's like a, you know, mason jar with a with a floating hand and oh, it. Absolutely. It was five bucks. In a You'd second, buy that in a goddamn yeah. second. But but wait, why? What wigs? Why do they have wigs? Who knows? But how many wigs do yeah. you have? 
Um, two. I, I see. Yeah, I knew okay. you had a couple wigs in there. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's a B. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the couple's pictures were telling. Russian investigators said one photograph dated back to 1999. Um, showed a human head on a serving plate with fruit. So let's talk about the oranges. Uh, earlier this year, former Siberian police officer Mike, Mikhail Popkov, nicknamed the werewolf of Siberia for his brutal killings, confessed to killing 81 people and eating some of those. Yeah, Popkov's victims ranged from 17 to 38. He started his spree as a police officer, offering women rides his car, and then he'd take them to remote locations, rape, kill them, and eat them. They call him the Siberian werewolf? Werewolf of Siberia. Okay, that's a great yeah. name, man. That is God. great. I know. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like cannibalism, serial killing is at a whole other level mm. in uh, Russia. Like we, I mean, sure, they, you know, I, I saw a map, a cannibalism map of the world. And they're showing different areas of the world where cannibalism can occur. And the U.S. actually, uh, Florida, sure, there's a lot of cannibalism. In Florida there, there is. pales in comparison to the cannibalism in Russia. Okay, you know, and mm. they can get away with it. That, that's why it does not surprise me that they had two decades of eating, dismembering, and raping people. Because I'm sure it's just like, well, it's Russia. Hmm. Yeah, that's what happens here. Maybe not. I mean, maybe not in Moscow. Eh, probably in Moscow too. But I bet you it's like, you know, I, th I think in the, in the U.S., you'd have to cover your tracks quite a bit more. You couldn't make all these sloppy mistakes. And what are you doing with, I mean, nobody's really eating the head. Are people eating the head? I mean, it seems like to me, you just, you know, you'd eat the arms, and the legs, you know, probably the legs and maybe a bit of the ribs, you know? Throw away the hands. Couple Don't toes. fuck with the hands. Well, it sounds to me the like the, you know, these, this couple were like doing? artistic. Yeah. Like I think they, they, they relish their hobby. It's like they yeah. were like, you know, they're like the Picasso of cannibals. Mm. You know, they're doing like still life portraits and things like that, taking <laughs> selfies. I mean, yeah. This, what should <laughs> we do with this one? I think uh, put an orange in its mouth and put the B. Arthur Vig on that one. You have to admire his staging. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, these guys are impressive. Anyway, what do you have here for a second story? Whoa. Well, it's a woman charged in slaying of Bucks County pharmaceutical executive. Hmm. Yeah. Bucks County, where's that? Bucks County is in uh, Pennsylvania. It's maybe about 40 minutes outside of Philadelphia. It's, right. it's r very rural. So I'm picturing like deer hunter type yeah. of territory. It, yeah, no, the, yeah. Uh, you know. The, I think the mayor or the, the you know the county chamber of commerce is run by like a deer in oh, a trucker okay. hat. So right. um, it's yeah, it's it's pretty. That's why it's called place. Bucks County. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, but it is also you know close to Philadelphia, which is also close to Southern New Jersey, which is all where the biggest uh, pharmaceutical companies are: Merck and fucking Glaxo, Smith Klein, whatever the fuck. So this guy probably works in Jersey yeah, yeah. and commutes mm -hmm. to his like massive home in Bucks County. Exactly, because yep. Bucks County is still like you can get a lot of land there, you know. So, a 33-year-old woman is charged with the death of a 64-year-old pharmaceutical executive inside his Bucks County home. 3364. Yeah. Hmm. Not quite twice his age. Or he's not quite twice her age, but May, close. December. Pretty close, December. though. Yeah. Investigators say Jennifer Morrissey lived with Michael McNew in his Washington Crossing home, but the two had a falling out. According to charging documents, investigators recovered deleted texts from Morrissey's phone sent the day McNew was murdered. McNew was found in a chair August 8th inside his home. 
alongside the Delaware River, dead of a bullet wound to the head. He'd been shot once in the face. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Harsh. So some of the texts they have, um, here's a text from Morrissey saying, uh, get the gun ready because I'm coming. I already told you I'd be there tonight. Guess you're going to just have to shoot me. You have a choice. Touch my stuff or I'll cut your throat. Ooh. That's, a, that's, that's blunt to yeah. the point. Yeah. Um, and so, then she said, she added, I'll gut you like I'm field dressing a fucking deer. <laughs> so wait, so wait a second. You got a little woman that knows how to field dress a deer. What was the nature of their relationship? Uh, I'm picturing not like, uh, I don't think there's a very wholesome relationship going on here. It sounds to me like this uh, rich, old pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical executive picked up some like, tweaker gold digger that is probably what happened okay though i will also add that attraction and and attachment works different with women than it does with men would you see but did you see a picture of her no she's blonde she's kind of hot is she yeah she's she's very attractive i and this guy's like hey looks like someone's grandfather he's like an old guy i mean when she's talking about gutting deers i got a little hard so I'm not gonna lie. Well, that's the thing. You know? I think the dude was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna start dating this young one, yeah. this young girl that I met on SugarDaddyWebsite.com." Right. And then uh, next thing you know, it's like she's living with him. Wait and a she's minute, a she's psycho. crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> that's you can't get her out ridiculous. of the house. Yeah, of course. So he she's probably psycho. was just like, "You gotta mm-hmm. go because mm-hmm. you're a crazy, insane person." And then she's like, "I'll gut you like a fucking deer." Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, it is that kind of a place where it's like if you know if you're a woman and you're 33 years old, and you're not like married with like fucking three kids, something's gone horribly wrong. In yeah, that that's kind of place, true. You know? And also, like, it's a type of place where she probably does know how to gut a deer. Oh yeah, don't absolutely. you think so? Oh, of course. A probable cause affidavit shows McNew t- told Morrissey he would be boxing up her belongings and placing them in storage. He said she was no longer welcome in the home and that he would defend himself if she came there. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so he's mm-hmm. trying to uh, break off the relationship with the psycho. Yeah, and she's like, "No, you're my source of income." Right. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna gut you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, well you know, of... she, he, you know, she probably showed up with her, you know, fucking dual action hunting rifle, and he probably tried to defend himself with his MBA uh, or something. <laughs> you know, so that's probably uh, what do you how think, it turned out. What was the breaking point? Why did the relationship go sour? Well. Um, it's safe to assume there was a relationship between McNew and Morrissey. Uh, it's not disputed that Morrissey did have a boyfriend other than Mr. McNew. Ooh. Yeah. See, that, that's what I find really funny. It's like, do these guys suspend their disbelief about this relationship? Does he, like Hefner, does Hef, did Hefner actually think that these 24-year-old girls were like sexually attracted to him and didn't, you know, they weren't there just for his money? Like, do you think this guy actually believed that this girl was exclusive in an exclusive relationship with him because she was sexually attracted to him? I think sexual attraction can be formed from money, power, etc. You know. So and and then it's legitimate. Then it's legit. Legit I just just find it like so naive that Mm -hmm. this guy wouldn't Mm -hmm. wouldn't think that she's fucking some regular dude her age on on the side. Yeah. Along with him. No, I mean, look. Yeah, you got you. You go to oh, I'm gonna go in, in my redneck town that I commute from and find some thirty-something blonde girl, you know, and it's not gonna end yeah. horribly. Of course, no, he's stupid. But I mean, 
you know, whatever. whatever. He's got a lot of money. Goes. He probably thought he'd be fine. But he's not. He's dead. <laughs> um, yeah, so investigators uh, could not elaborate on the extent of the relationship between them. Um, although from tearful interviews she gave to detectives, it appears he helped support her financially. Oh, so, surprise, surprise. This is what these detectives have managed to turn up. They, they, I, I can't believe yeah, he's actually the sugar right? daddy. I can't believe they figured that out. It's amazing. I thought this was true these love here. Are, it's a fucking Hallmark card. <laughs> these guys are incredible. Really great. Really great uh, That's some top-notch sleuthing yeah, going yeah. on there. So, <laughs> when uh, interviewed um, by police about the murder, Morrissey said that McNew did everything for her and didn't deserve to die. McNew had reportedly threatened to give the FBI information on Morrissey's boyfriend. Now we're going to find out about Morrissey's boyfriend. Oh, was, was he a terrorist or something? Why is he calling the FBI on the guy? Well, um, she, the police asked her if anyone was a threat to McNew, and she said, Yeah, my boyfriend Charles Kulo with the Breed Motorcycle Club. <laughs> wow, so she's not only dating another guy, she's dating a biker. Yeah. Well, that, now, it, I guess if I was the old man that had this 33-year-old gold digger at my house and I found out that she's dating the head of a biker gang, <laughs> I would probably be like, okay, we need to sever yeah. ties here. I will give you money to go mm. away. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do that. No. Yeah. You don't see, you know, goddamn, guys. So, yeah, th that boyfriend has not been charged, though authorities say Morrissey initially tried to cast suspicion on him. <laughs> she's like i know my violent biker boyfriend is a, is a good guy to pin this murder on <laughs> so yeah uh they did not recover a weapon from the crime scene and didn't appear to be a struggle there investigators ad morrissey went to great lengths to cover her alleged crime including returning to the home later to stage a robbery scene stealing a laptop and cell phone from that scene and deleting her own text messages Oh, wow. She went through his... She probably had the code to his phone. Yeah, yeah. And she probably went through and just deleted the message. Wow, that's right. crazy. But the thing about those text messages, I think they're in the cloud anyway. Well, not I to mention, you, yeah. I mean, she's a prime suspect because it's like, okay, this is weird. A 33-year-old girl who lived with this guy, I'm sure people saw her with... Saw them together. Yeah. Knew who she was. Knew <laughs> there was a connection there. How are you not going to be a suspect no matter yeah. how well you... I mean, she might as well have just been like, oh, the... This black guy came in and shot him. It's like, I mean, that's not going to work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. Uh, she also told detectives she had not visited the home since July 31st. The cell phone records sh showed her iPhone had auto-connected to the wireless router in McNew's home on the evening of August 6th when he's believed to have been killed. So there you go. Hmm. Her, you know, she yeah. it automatically connects to the router. To go online. So what an idiot. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, well, way to go there. Master criminal. Jennifer, you can't just delete the text from your phone. They're still out there. Do you think she got help from Satan's angels? They're in the what? The cloud? What the fuck? <laughs> Do you think she got help from Satan's angels or whatever? What's, yeah. the biker name? What's the biker's name again? Breed. Oh, Breed. The Breed Motorcycle yeah. Club. Do you, think, yeah. Do you think the Breed the BMC. helped her stage this brilliant burglary? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's like, I don't know. I don't want nothing to do with that. So, yeah. Uh, information from four confidential informants also contradicts statements she made to investigators. 
So, yeah. yeah I, how much right you want to bet one of those confidential informants is fucking Mr. Breed Motorcycle Club? Yeah, that's what you I know? bet you happen. And because right. he's I'm like... I'm not going down for this. Well, I'm supposed to go down in the meth bus next week. I bet you he did a plea bargain. I bet you that's what it was. You know, mm-hmm. that guy already had, like, a series of charges against him, and he's like, oh, you'll drop all that if I just rat on her? Sure. She's a psycho. Neighbors describe uh, McNew as a, quote, great guy, unquote, who could often be seen enjoying water sports behind his home on the Delaware River. What kind of water sports? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even do it. I didn't even. God damn it, man. (laughs) I didn't even go there. I didn't even go there. Uh, Yeah, Morrissey's charged with murder, burglary, and tampering with the scene of a crime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, doesn't surprise me she was unable to cover her tracks there. You know, this is a weird situation that I've never been in, but you could potentially be in. Because you're, 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 not your bio dad, but your adopted dad's divorced. Mm-hmm. And he's had a series of, uh, of girlfriends oh, we yeah. talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. What would you do if he started dating a girl that was like half his age? How old is he? Like 70? He's about 70. So what if he's, he's dating, dating a girl a like 26? He's dating a woman that's about 50. Well, that's, yeah. that's a little weird, but what about like if he's dating a 26-year-old? Would you be like, this is weird? No, I'd be like, like how would you feel you. about it? Good for you, but actually, he doesn't have anything to give me anyway because that's what happens. He's, when you get married fucking five times, when you get divorced five times, you have nothing to leave anyone and you can't even retire at the age of 72. You know? yeah. Um, so yeah, but let's actually, say he did have money. So, would you be then? Would you be concerned? I'd be concerned. Yes, I would be concerned. <laughs> would you try to sabotage a relationship? Probably. Yeah. Wow. You know, because uh, you know, oof. I don't you, want you don't want an Anna Nicole. If he had money, you don't want an Anna Nicole Smith situation happening. You know? I think a lot of these guys are that date a young girl like this or mm. go on a sugar day keep this hidden from their children. Of course they do. You know, I'm mm. um, an ex of mine. I'm not going to mention any names here. I found out after we had dated that she had actually been on the Sugar Daddy website for a while okay. when she was in L.A. and uh, had like been having relations with a man that was like 72 years old. Hmm. And I guess he was a dentist or some kind of doctor. And she would be at his house and like, you know, they would have sex or whatever. She'd blow him and get like a gold fucking necklace or something. And then she said, um, what I heard is that uh, on two occasions, his kids just kind of randomly showed up and like his, I don't know, his daughter's like probably in her 30s or mm. late 30s. And he would make her hide in the closet upstairs. That's funny. In the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Do you imagine that? Because <laughs> that just must be like when you're sitting in the closet, you're just like, oh man. Yeah, just like How going over your, your you life, yeah, yeah, your life choices. Yeah. Jeez, but hey, but... you know what? It's like maybe... Uh, I'm not getting a gold necklace for jerking off an old man. Maybe I should. You should. You yeah, should. that's what I'm saying. If you were to jerk off uh, an old man, I hope he would give you a necklace. I would I would yeah. like to imagine he would. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not getting shit for doing nothing these days, so <laughs> who, am I to, who am I to cast aspersions on anyone? I'm not sure there are too many pharmaceutical executives that want to get hand jobs from me. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Yeah, it's true. Um, third story we got here came in from Pinconning Picker. He says, Bay City is like our own little Florida. Perhaps this gal got the short end of the stick, but I'm tiss. Okay. But I'm dumb. Um, I see what he's saying here. So he's talking about Bay City, Michigan. That's actually sure. the, uh, the city I went to high school in. 
And uh, you know, every now and then, there's uh, you know, there's there's interesting news stories that come from Bay City. It's a small town, weird small town. Uh, Steel used to live in Bay City. Mm-hmm. Um, Still lives. Uh, he lives in the Tri City area. Uh, Wackerly from also from that area as well. Um, I never actually engaged in any of these type of shenanigans when I lived there, but I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I haven't. Uh, swingers party goes bad when jealous wife attacks husband with minivan. Ooh. So that's, a, that's another thing. You never bring your minivan to a swingers party. No, of course it's, not. It's not what you want to do here. Uh, a Get swingers, an Uber. You know? <laughs> a swingers party gone awry has led to a woman facing three felonies. Uh, Bay County Sheriff's, Sheriff's deputies responded to an assault complaint. Uh, the caller told dispatchers a woman is trying to run people over with a motor vehicle. Hmm. It's interesting how it can go from like, you know, wife swapping to wife trying to run people over. Right. I don't know how it degrades to that level so yeah. quickly. And one night, I blame shitty vodka. Okay. Sure she's breaking, drinking like charcoal filtered like pop-off or shaska vodka or something. I blame all these beta cucks. Lots of beta cucks. Yep. All those libtards. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, deputies arrived to see a red Dodge Caravan in front of a residence and 28-year-old Amber K. Showmaker trying to enter the home with a screwdriver in her hand. Also outside was her 33-year-old husband, who is bleeding from a wound to his forehead. The 26-year-old female resident who called 911 told deputies that she and her 31-year-old fiancé invited the shoemakers over for a swingers party. According to police, Amber Shoemaker was downstairs with a female resident's fiancé while her husband, Amber's husband, was upstairs with a female resident who uh-huh. called the police. So I think th- that's, that's interesting to me. I've never been to a swingers party. I haven't either. Yeah, you've never been to I, f- I figured you've been to one. No. I mean, I guess I've been to swingers clubs, yeah. which maybe is the same thing, but I'm, I'm, I've never been to like you know, my neighbors yeah, I think I've been or to a something. Swingers club, yeah. I've never been to swingers. But I have, I've never had like some of my neighbors be like, "Hey, why don't you come mm-hmm. over? We're all yeah. we're all fucking tonight." Yeah, and it'd be great I just to swap we, our partners. I think that's because we're uh, coastal elites. You think that's right? what it is? That yeah, you, I think it happens in other places where there's not much, not as much to do. You know? Oh, that's interesting. I have no idea if that's true. I'm just I'm saying. sure it happens out here. You know what? It might happen in here, but if it happens out here, they sure as shit don't call it that. They sure shit don't call it a swingers party. A swingers party? It's, it's, a, it's a polyamorous, you know, interpregnation of whatever, you know. <laughs> a bacchanalian yeah, soiree yeah. or something. Yeah, it's like I, I couldn't imagine them saying, no, it's a swingers party. Yeah, yeah. But this is like an old-fashioned swingers mm. party. Like they had probably red Solo cups filled with like Jack Daniels and Coke mm. and, their, and Cheetos. Yeah. And then another, you know, bowl full of condoms. Do you want to... Uh, Come over and enjoy our polyamorous safe space. <laughs> Please leave your microaggressions at home. Well, that's the thing. That's why I'm wondering, like, how well they knew. Bands. Like, how how well did they know the shoemakers here? Like, yeah. were there, was it someone that they met on Craigslist or through like some swing? Remember they used to have like swingers magazines that yeah, you could see, right? At like uh, porn shops, <laughs> and maybe, maybe they found a swinger couple through there. Didn't really know them that well. But I, I just wonder, like, how it all goes down. Like, how do you choose your attendees? Do you only choose one other couple? Or do you get, like, six people in there? Because you remember that movie, The Ice Storm by Ang I do Ang remember Lee? that movie, The Ice Storm. Everybody put their keys in yeah. there. I thought that was a good... I remember when I was watching that as a kid, I was like, yeah, that's probably how swinger parties work. That makes sense to me. You get your keys, and then... So you don't have to, like, have that whole... Because that's the worst thing about it. It's like when you're a kid, and, uh, you know, people are picking, like, 
their basketball people to yeah. be on their basketball team, mm. I never got picked. Sure, of course. I, I mean, I sucked. I was mm. Jewish. I had asthma. Mm. You know, I never got picked. And so I was thinking, like, if it was like a swingers party situation, I probably would be like the last one to get picked, and it'd be mm. awkward. So the keys make sense to me. But I don't know how it works. I mean, Ironically, now the NBA is dominated by asthmatic Jews, though. So the joke's oh, really? on them. Oh, okay. Well, it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think there'd be that many Jews in the NBA, uh, but who times. knows? Um, so also, the other thing I have a question here about, at a club, it makes sense to have swingers. You know, it's like a club. You don't own the place. You, you know, it doesn't matter if you jizz you got, over everything. You, Someone's, got, you got cages around for yeah, no reason. Yeah, you, you know, know, it's like, yeah. it, it makes sense. There are couches that can be covered in jizz. You don't have to clean anything. It makes sense. But when you invite someone to your house... Do, do you have to plan it out? Like, do you watch softcore porn in the beginning? You put, like, a Neil Sedaka record on? Like, and then transition to the sex? Like, how, how does it work? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how you get there. Hmm. I mean, I guess everyone takes a different room. I guess you got to have a lot of different rooms, you know? I would definitely hmm. put on R. Crumb's Fritz the Cat. Okay, yeah. Get everybody in the mood. I think that'd be good. I, I think that would work. It worked yeah. for me. Hmm. Always gives me a boner. Uh, when the pair upstairs came down, so Amber Showmaker's husband and the uh, the fiance and the, uh, the the female resident who called nine one one came downstairs. Amber Showmaker slapped her husband in the face and went outside. Hmm. The other three people followed her. Why was she mad though? I think just jealousy. You mad, bro? Oh, okay. You know what All probably right. happened? Hmm. I'm thinking they found this couple on Craigslist, hmm. came over. And it was like a disproportionate attractiveness for the ah, couple. Yeah, it's yeah, like the okay. wife was super hot yep. and the husband was like some old like six-year-old mm. fat guy <laughs> with a hairy back. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm not going to jump on this grenade. You know, I'm not going to take one for the team here. Mm. You know, this is lame. And I, get, I, got, I got a raw deal, yeah. as Schwarzenegger would say. Right. <laughs> this is a raw deal. And so anyway, she was jealous. She slapped her husband in the face, went outside. The other three people are like, well, this is awkward. Hmm. Uh, you know, party foul. They followed her only to see her get in her minivan and just drive towards them. Hmm. She just stepped on it. Uh, the minivan went over a curb onto the sidewalk, onto the lawn, and towards the porch where her husband and the host were standing. Both men had to jump out of the way to avoid being hit. Uh, Amber Showmaker then drove away but came back a few minutes later and resumed a physical altercation with the husband. Hmm. Yeah, the male resident and Amber Showmaker's husband gave similar accounts as to what had transpired. The husband said his wife attacked him because she was jealous. He had had a, he had a deep cut to his forehead, bloody scratch marks on his right shoulder, a bite mark on his left shoulder, and was bleeding from his mouth. Hmm. Amber Showmaker, who appeared to be intoxicated, told police she had the screwdriver, or she needed the screwdriver to start the minivan. So I'm thinking we're uh, we're dealing with like upper middle class here, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did she hotwire the fucking yeah, minivan? Yeah. Was this her minivan? Well, who needs a screwdriver? How do you start a minivan with a screwdriver? The key don't work no more. <laughs> you got to use this this uh, hair screwdriver. She like cracks the bottom yeah, off and like full yeah. on MacGyver's this thing together. <laughs> um, uh, she said she had consumed up to a half-fifth of vodka within the previous two hours. Guaranteed she was drinking Papa Vodka. Yeah. Probably not a good idea for a swingers party. You probably don't want to get, like, you know, completely wasted. No. Because then you're going to end up uh, probably becoming jealous, getting into jealous rage. Uh, deputies arrested both showmakers. The husband was arrested for violating a personal protection order listing his wife as a protected party. 
Oh, there's man. all sorts of uh, problems going on here. It's him. Okay. <laughs> but yet they both went to a. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure this couple who had invited them over is like, okay, we got to do some research here. Mm. Got to go on Facebook and maybe yeah. look at some posts. Maybe look at their Twitter account. Yeah. Maybe you see, know? see if there's any restraining orders at play. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, while en route to uh, Bay County Jail. Amber Showmaker threatened to sue the deputies for false arrest. She also uh, she also added that she hoped one deputy's wife was cheating on him, so he can know how it feels. Uh, while in intake, Amber continued to be rude, agitated towards staff. She kicked doors, yelled, took her clothes off, hmm. so she got naked. Um, she's charged on three counts of assault with a dangerous weapon, a four-year felony actually, single counts of domestic violence, and uh, operating a minor vi- a motor vehicle while intoxicated. Yeah, she's lucky she doesn't get attempted murder. Actually, so you know. yeah, yeah, she's mm-hmm. going after him with a uh, screwdriver. So who yeah. knows? In a car, also. You, you know, know that that that's one thing. It's like, so you have a restraining order yeah. against your husband. You probably should go swinging with him. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I, I just don't think it. I, yeah. I don't know when in your relationship you decide to make the you you make that decision to swing. You know when when I was we were walking through. Vegas the other night and we I ended up accidentally walking through fucking Margaritaville you know because it's but part a of lot the of swingers hang out there yeah the beer pong area it's all it's like beta cuck central you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> just a ton of beta cucks it's yeah. like you can take my wife let's swap lives it's a whole thing yeah that's um, weird yeah it was very weird and I don't even know it was just like you look at it and you're like oh I, you understand immediately why why that that's happening how does, how does it work, why. though? Do you have to beat them? Do you best them at beer pong? And then you end up getting to shag their wife? I think so. Is that how it works? Or I think maybe the, the, the end of the beer pong game determines where the husband will be while you're fucking his wife. You know, <laughs> like, whether he's in the closet or whether he's, like, sitting in the chair in the corner of the room. You it's know? like, I would like to make an indecent proposal. Yeah. <laughs> we will play beer pong. And the winner gets to have sex with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, people send your story, stick around podcast, hotmail.com. We have phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. Before we get to our first call, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. I put a spell on you. So you got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Um, you know, I was listening to these calls. I was listening to calls that came in uh, last night. And I was like, wow. You know, these three calls, there's a pervasive theme to these calls. Hmm. See if you can find the, the connection, the nexus between these calls. Oh, I like games like this. All right. Okay. So call number one here. It's about a guy who's trying really hard to be gay. Lance Wackerly is a fucking pussy. So you guys haven't had it. Is that gay in a while? Is that gay? Um, 
So I just had my first homosexual experience last night. Um, there's, I work at a restaurant and there's this really fucking good looking, uh, Brazilian dude. Um, and let me preface this with, I've never, uh, I don't want to say never been with a dude, but not like this by choice. And, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, second. that's not funny. I shouldn't be laughing at that, but I'm laughing at it. Okay. So he's been like, you know, like, so he is basically uh, reenacting the scene from deliverance a few times. I guess so. I guess he probably was. Yeah. So not by choice. So he's been with a dude, but not by choice. Not by choice. All right, but this time, it's it's a new experience. Yeah. Not a non-Ned Beatty situation. Not Ned Beatty. He's yeah. not squealing. Well, maybe he is squealing like a pig. But he's not being forced to. Yeah. Fucking, uh, he's super hot. Like, he's a really good-looking Brazilian dude. Um, even, like, you know, a straight dude would walk in and be like, wow, you're a handsome man. Um, and, uh, he is, he was into me and he started texting me and I was flirting with him back and, uh, I'm straight as fuck. Um, yeah, it sounds and like it. I could, <laughs> I always find it funny when you, when, yeah. when people who are obviously bi curious yeah. need to like preface it. Well, no, I'm straight, man. I only <laughs> like titties. You know, I believe in the first amendment yeah. and boobs yeah. like that guy from uh, fucking Fox news. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you have to proclaim it, you probably like to suck dick every now and then. You couldn't you couldn't work that in so it rhymed. If you have to proclaim it, then there's no shame in it. Or, <laughs> just needlessly make things rhyme. All right, I'll have to work they, on they that. Sound more You're valid. all about the catchphrases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> couldn't get hard last night, and he was trying everything, and I just couldn't get hard. So we ended up just making out and cuddling. But uh, is that gay? Because I couldn't get hard. Um, you know, it just wasn't happening. I wasn't into it. But, I, I, you know, I figured, okay. And I, you know, I, I played my part as best as I could. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, if you want more deets, let me know. You know, All right, peace. Uh, and uh, keep it safe. And uh, keep it wrong. And... Um, D. Simon, I, I hope you die in a, in a fucking dumpster fire. And Harrison, <laughs> you are the motherfucking man. All right. All right. Well, wow. There you go. Um, hmm. Well, I, I so, like how he's like, I gave it the old college try. Yeah. It's like I tried, you know, I, I, I gave it a shot. He did. Couldn't get hard because I'm so straight. Right. I'm so straight, I couldn't get hard. And the guy, the other guy couldn't get hard, right? Either. Isn't that what he said? I bet you the other guy did get hard. Okay. I'm pretty sure he said the other guy couldn't get hard. No, he said he couldn't get hard. And so uh, that's why uh, they just cuddled. Yeah, but I think before that he said the guy couldn't get hard either. Oh, the other guy couldn't get hard either? Yeah. So they just ended up cuddling. Yeah. I actually think that's gayer. Hmm. Don't you think the fact that they're being like post-coital cuddling and sitting there naked cuddling each other, I think that is more homosexual than just like, I just need to get off and leave, like in prison or well, something. Well, that's that's homosexual intimacy, is what you're describing. Homosexual intimacy. Right. This guy yeah. is all about the man-to-man intimacy. Yes, that's what he craves. Right. He's like, you know, I'm totally straight, but I like to cuddle with a man every now and then. Well, it's weird because it's like I know there are a lot of people who, you know, um, including I think all of my gay friends who don't believe in bisexuality. They're just like, well, bisexuality is just a stepping stone to being gay, you know. 
Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it applies to men. I think women can be bisexual. That's I think, stupid. I think men, I that's think men idiotic. can, I think men can too. Okay. I think, I think sexuality can be fluid. Yeah. And I think some people might. Hey, you know what? I sometimes I feel like sucking a dick, but I prefer mm. being with women. Right. Yeah. And 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 so in that case, technically, by definition, you're bisexual. Right. Yeah. I mean, this uh, you know. But women, though, I think okay. What? Let me uh, let me retract my statement. Mm. I think it's more socially acceptable for women. Oh, to absolutely. Be bisexual. Yeah. Because a lot of gay men. Yeah. Don't like bisexual dudes. Right. And uh, then and and women don't like bisexual dudes. Right. Yeah. So in a sense, it's like... If there's you're, no way to win. Yeah, there's no way to win yeah. if you're a bisexual dude. You just have to yeah. like be on the DL yeah. and go suck dick at, like, in a car in a rest stop or something. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of weird, though. This dude like just wants to just cuddle. So now are they going to cuddle in the future? I don't know, man. Like, you know, I, 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 I've been all over the board. You know what I mean? I've been all over the board. The, you know when I play against this game of life or uh, can, Candyland, yeah, any of the Part games. Cheesy. Yeah, yeah, any of the games. And it's uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like when there's a situation where it's like flirting, uh, we meet at a thing, and then we're flirting, and then we meet up later, and then it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty gay. It's pretty gay. You know? I think yeah. I think if you're gonna say like, is this? Is I don't this think gay the erection wanna... isn't necessarily a, a you know a thing. So you don't think the the erection is an integral to making it to, to be determined it, to be gay or not? It's not. It's not. Um, because, you know, some people are bottoms, right? Some people are tops, you know, who knows? So Well, the other thing, I mean, just... it's. Just, not, I mean, it's not required. It's not required. Erections it, aside... It's indica- indicative. But erections yeah. aside, mm. you're naked in bed with another dude making out. Right. You really got to be into it. At yeah, that point, exactly. You, know, you really got to be into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but but Mazatov on exploring. Yeah, congratulations. You know, um, you know sexuality. Yeah. You know it's a complex thing. Yeah. It's not as simple as some people say it is. He's learning about himself. Right. What he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And now go uh, buy an Elton John record. Right. And just live your life how you should be. You know. Yeah. You should be able be to. Free. You should be able to not have sex with as many uh, foxy brown men as you like you should go out opinion. and yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i mean there's nothing wrong with it we are right. not passing any judgment yeah, yeah. no yeah but i mean because the the thing with the because sometimes i have trouble like with a with a one night or with somebody i just met if i go home with somebody i just met that night woman sometimes i'll be like oh i'm about to have sex and then i lose it and, I, and then i have to like sit down and be like all right we got to tackle this from the, the east this time and now we do and then Sometimes it'll it'll well, be hard for me to start with a new person. I think the you know? first time yeah. can always be the first time. The first yeah. time you hook up with them, you don't know what they like. They don't yeah. know what you like. You're nervous. Yeah. You know, you're concentrating on not farting. It's like right. you know, it's awkward. It is awkward. And so yeah, like I've awkward. I've had a lot of yeah. awkward first time sure. encounters, and usually I'm really inebriated. Yeah. So it's like even that, that makes too. it even worse. Almost always, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. like so, you know, yeah. really. Uh, on other things, miscellaneous. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I can understand that. Mm. You know, I don't know. You know, I'd say give it another shot with your your Brazilian hair. Mm. Sounds like he's into it, right? You know, why not? Yeah, Just expand li- your sexual horizons. Yeah, life is uh, short and stupid. All right, next call we got here uh, is a guy talking about his number one fantasy. Okay. What's up? It's 
Zeke from Bumblefuck. I just uh, heard your uh, Patreon call and uh, about the about gay people and how they decide who tops and who bottoms. I've fucking asked this guy that I work with who's gay that question a couple weeks ago. Guy that he works with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I went yeah. and asked Fabian, yeah. this guy that I work with who happens to be gay, not yeah. me, yeah. just this guy that I work with that's that's really, really gay. Fabian. <laughs> It's like a good-looking man, but like a stunningly good-looking man. Oh, he you know is, what I mean? Any any straight yeah. guy that sees him would be like, "Wow, I would wow. fuck that I'm dude." Suck your dick, yeah. Until you're a fucking dried-up mummy, you know, <laughs> is what <laughs> is what you'll say. Also, what he's talking about is, you know, we post uh, exclusive content to the Patreon. Oh yeah, he meant extra phone calls, etc. That that's yeah. the thing. So. He's referring to Patreon calls. We actually mm. every week now. I'm getting in the habit of doing this mm -hmm. because we have all this extra content, yeah. and so now we do uh, exclusive Patreon content. So people, if you sign up for five dollars, it's five dollars a month. That's it. You get the uh, an extra story, two extra phone calls a week. Yeah. All right. And he told me with every guy he's ever been with that he can't. They can't figure out who's gonna do what. They play. Uh, they play a game that's like. It's like Uncle or Mercy, but with like them slapping each other's dick against the other person's dick, and the the first person to call Mercy has the bottom, which uh, is, makes a lot of fucking sense, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyway, just wanted to answer your fucking question, but uh, yeah, fuck you. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Jeez. Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, you know, I, I actually think it doesn't make that much sense. No, that makes no <laughs> sense. It makes... <laughs> you you yeah. ever heard of the game Bloody think, Knuckles? Uh, yeah. yeah you, you, you used to play when you were like in junior high where you right, smack yeah. each other's knuckles? Yeah. It sounds like Bloody Knuckles, but with dicks? Right. How does that even work? Well, because what was... No, it doesn't make sense. And what it <laughs> seems like what would happen is, you know, that would go on until you'd accidentally hit somebody in the nuts. And then they'd be like, you need to go home. <laughs> but I just you know? still don't. So is it like you stand over there? I stand over here. We both have our erect. Are you erect when you're doing this? That's a good question. I would say I hope so. You know, Or like semi-erect? Or I don't know why I hope so. I have no stake in this. <laughs> <laughs> so I okay. really hope either way. In yeah. your experiences, okay. have you ever played the the... I don't know, bloody knuckle penis game or whatever, <laughs> whatever this is. No, I have not. No. <laughs> so do you have to yeah. be like, okay, you know, you like tap out or something when, you're, when your dick is just purple from being beaten with the other guy's dick? I think that's what, yeah, that's what happens. This makes even less sense than the Connect Four that my brother told me. Yeah, about. no, that makes more sense. I think that you makes know? more sense, yeah. It's like, okay, like, we well, play a, a game, you know, a... An intellectually challenging game. Yeah, so it's like that's why they keep that old copy of Connect Four over on the shelf, you know, next that's to the jukebox, covered with cum. Yeah, it's like that. That is Makes used sense. for a purpose. Whereas, right. like standing here and, and having like the, the penis showed out, you know, it's I, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it's it's. I think Fabian, uh, who at your job was was taking the piss there, pal. You know. I think this caller had yeah. a wet dream about this okay. last night and is calling us. I think he was just yeah. like, he had a dream about it, and he's like, you know what? That's how they decide who gets to be the top and the bottom. They okay. slap their dicks together. Right. Like porpoises. <laughs>
It's amazing. Fun with a porpoise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last, uh, the last call. Have you figured out the theme yet? Uh, dicks. <laughs> and uh, whether or not they're hard. Yeah, that that yeah. that's that all goes that all goes okay. into the theme. It's all part of it. All right, last story yeah. last story we got here is a uh, drunk Englishman. Okay. Hello, sick and wrong. This is Big Ounce. I'm just I'm calling you on first time caller. Calling the drunk dial line, we're all sat here, we're all fucked up. We're in England, it's fucking it's fucking gleam though, it's not miserable like all these other cunts say. Um so just first thing I'm gonna say on this bit of this call, I've introduced my dad, my girlfriend, my mate and his girlfriend and multiple other people to the show and they're all fucking loving it. I've been listening to episode about I think I wanna say about three three seventy. I've been listening since then. Hmm. Um I'm gonna tell you a story. Uh fucking hell. I've I've been fucking I've been fucking drinking a fucking hell of a lot and I've I fucking probably yeah done a bit more otherwise things. Um. Uh. So. Fucking me and. Uh, fuck off, you dickhead. So me and me and my mate, we got real fucked up, and we uh, and we fucking sat there, and the challenge was that we had to piss in each other's mouths. Oh, sorry, we had to piss in our own mouths. And we sat there, and we were drunk as fuck, and we was holding our pissing, because you know when you're drunk, you need to piss once, but, like, if you piss once, you lose the stream. We was holding our piss as long as we could. And then... Mm. Have you ever done that? I mean, Who does that? I don't if you if you got to piss, why don't you just go piss? I don't understand what he's talking about. He's saying when you, <laughs> you hold mm. the piss in as long as you can, or you're going to lose the stream... Was what he a prostate it? problem? What is, yeah, what is it? I don't get it. Fucking Ghostbuster proton packs? Yeah, what are we talking I, about here? Well, it sounds like they they wanted to cross streams, oh, these okay. guys. Oh, okay. That's another thing, too. If you know, if I had a friend that was like, when I got drunk, like it, me and you, like if we got really drunk together every now and then, and you're like, hey, would you piss in my mouth? I'd be like, dude, that's a line that yep. I don't want to cross with this mm. friendship. I, th I think we're cool hanging mm. out, you know, listening to music or whatever, but I don't want to piss in your mouth, so yeah. no, let's not go there. Mm. Obviously, this guy crosses that line. Yeah. Now this, he's into water sports. And then we fucking started holding it, and then I started pissing, trying to piss in my own mouth, but I missed, <laughs> and I fucking couldn't piss in my own mouth, but it's all right, because he fucking caught my piss and drank it in his mouth. And what? Okay, wait. <laughs> so I'm, I'm picturing these two guys yeah. sitting on their shitty futon couch, mm. and they both—they're both wasted. Mm. Pubs closed, no birds. Back at their house, still drinking. Mm. He pull and they and they're holding their piss to see who can like piss the most. And they're both just sitting there like with probably Donald ducking, no mm. no bottoms on, on the couch trying to pee into each other's mouth. That is probably that's way gayer than the guy with the Brazilian. I don't understand that kind of shit at all. I mean, I get real drunk, but I can't understand being like, "Hey, dude, let's do this thing. <laughs> It'll totally make a huge mess, <laughs> and then we'll probably ne end, end up never speaking again." Let's do it. Sounds like a great fun idea. You know, <laughs> like, what the fuck? I know who suggested it. Is yeah. what, did you suggest mm -hmm. it? Did this? Did Big Al or whatever suggest this, or did his friends suggest it? Were you trying to win money on the radio, you know, maybe? 
I, I just I, I don't even understand. Okay. It's all good, but it's a fucking shit because it's the first call. But we'll call you proper later. The whole time, all the way. Over. Also, my girlfriend ordered a fucking t-shirt. Where the fuck is it, you fucking Jew bag? Bye. Keep it safe. Keep it wrong. Shit. I wonder who uh, ordered the t-shirt. Hey, if if I, if I didn't send you a t-shirt, mm. I don't want to tell everyone to email me. But if it's your, if the girlfriend whose mm. t-shirt. I did not send email com, and I will rectify that situation. Probably accidentally pissed all over it and then threw it out and was like, that Jew never sent it, you know? I gotta That's say, though, I'm kind yeah. of doubting his claim. Do you really okay. think a dude that would pee in his friend's mouth has a girlfriend? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, think I his do. girlfriend, his bird is like, I'm totally cool with it. Those guys get drunk and they get a little crazy. Like to pee in each other's mouths. They're just wild, drunk guys. Yeah. Like, no way. Yeah. I don't think this guy mm. has a girlfriend. <laughs> I think he's referring to the guy who drank his piss. Okay. But hey, yeah. anyway, whether it's a man or a woman, mm. I'm totally cool here. It's all mm. good. Um, it's all gravy, baby. Just uh, email me. Let me know so I can uh, go look through the uh, the receipts. Okay. The PayPal receipts, and I'll find your name. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so there, so there you go. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, this reminds me of a, of a quick story. Um, so I, the other, so two weeks ago, I went and saw that band Quicksand. Remember that band Quicksand? Yes. From the 90s? Mm-hmm. Pretty cool band. Kind of a uh, like post-hardcore band from the 90s. Put on a great show. A buddy of mine. <laughs> a buddy, you know, I'm going to put remember that band from the 90s on your fucking gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, there seems to be a 90s resurgence. There is. For a You're lot of these bands. Right. Like a lot of these yeah. bands, because it's been like now, there like totally the, the, everybody's like in their 40s and they can afford to pay, pay like $50 to go see these bands. Right. Anyway, uh, Quicksand played and I it sold out. I forgot to get tickets for it. But a buddy of mine who's married and he has two kids, he's a cool dude. Um, He's kind of like a reformed punk rocker. I think he's a school teacher now. Right. He's got like two young kids. Uh, he called me up and he's like, hey, I got an extra ticket if you want to go. Mm. So I was like, all right, cool. So we went and checked it out and uh, we got pretty wasted and we were like hanging out at the bar afterwards and he was telling me, he's like, do you remember Extreme Elvis? And I was like, oh yeah, Extreme Elvis. So this guy was a popular uh, performer like early 2000s in San Francisco. He was like a big fat Elvis impersonator, but he was like cross like Elvis impersonator slash Gigi Allen. Hmm. He would come out on stage, sing Elvis songs in his big, he was like Elvis circa 1976. Do a bunch of Elvis songs. Look him up people, Extreme Elvis. And then he would like, get naked and pee on people mm. or uh, I know a couple of venues he just took a shit and just threw his shit in someone's face so yeah. he's banned from a lot of places okay. I was actually pretty friendly with him because he used to come to my old radio show mm. and I uh, get invited to his shows but his shows were like it's kind of like Gigi Allen it's like I'll see it once but I'm going to stand way in the back and that's probably enough whereas like you know you don't, you don't really want to do that anyway I was talking to this dude you know he's like probably a couple years older than me dad elementary school teacher and he was telling me he's like oh yeah he goes i was at extreme elvis's first show in los angeles i was like oh that's pretty cool he's like yeah he wrote about me and or he, he mentioned me in an interview i was like oh really what do you i was like what was this and he's he told me that extreme elvis was saying la is the craziest place that he's ever performed in because he said the first time he performed here he, he pulled his dick out and started pissing and this guy in the front row 
drank all of his piss mm. and then spit it out all over the keyboard player mm. who quit mm. after that show. And he was like, yeah, this dude was insane. He just drank all of my yellow gold and then sprayed it all over this keyboard player. And so I, he told me this and I was like, are you for real? Or are you fucking mm. with me? I, didn't, I couldn't even believe it. And then he sent me the article in the San Diego mm. Reader and I read it and I was like, or the Las Vegas Weekly, or the Las, uh, the LA Weekly. Yeah. He sent me the article in the LA Weekly. I read it and I was like, you're an insane person. Yeah. Who would do that? Like, could you imagine? No. Yeah. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think when people get drunk, mm. they like to drink piss. Certain dudes like to drink piss when they get drunk. Mm. Okay. That's, I think that's the that's story. Weird. Anyway, I think uh, people have figured out the theme, mm-hmm. the, connect, the nexus mm-hmm. of all those calls. Um, yeah. Uh, call Sick and Wrong Hotline, 323-522-4032. Uh, sick and Wrong Patreon. We have a Patreon page now. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. It's the best way to support the show. Just for, uh, you can donate whatever you want. We have multiple tiers. But for $5, $5, all it takes. Uh, donate 5 bucks and you get access to exclusive Patreon content. Uh, Harris and I are doing one extra story and a couple extra phone calls every week. I'm yeah. also planning on releasing the archive. So uh, patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Uh, we also have merchandise at the Redbubble store. You just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store, and you go to some old school uh, Sick and Wrong designs. Uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week, I'm going to dedicate this one to, uh, to uh, Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Okay. Sexual liberation icon, Hugh Hefner. He, uh, without, without Hugh Hefner, there might not have, there might not have been a 70s... Uh, sexual revolution. There might not have even been hippies in yeah. the sixties. I mean, the the uh, Viagra joke genre definitely would have uh, suffered. You, you know, know what? Were he not around, we might not even had herpes mm. without Hugh Hefner. He created herpes. Hugh Hefner. You gotta. You have to give props to Hugh Hefner. Rest in peace. And I want to dedicate this song to him. It's called "My Girl's Pussy," and it's a song by the British band leader and clarinetist Harry Roy. Uh, the song was originally recorded in 1931 by Harry Roy and his Bat Club Boys. Uh, the song uses a double entendre for the word pussy, a cat, and female genitalia. Hmm. Fancy that. Okay. I bet you, uh, I bet you um, Hugh Hefner was a big fan of that song. Right. He probably listened to it. What, what kind of music do you think Hefner listened to? Do you think the Bat Club Boys peed in each other's mouths? When they got drunk, I bet yeah. you they peed in each other's mouths and they called the podcast that they listened to and they wanted to know if it was gay. Yeah. That's probably what they did. Anyway, this song, My Girl's Pussy, was covered in 78 by R. Crumb and his Cheap Suit Serenaders. And then it was recorded again in 2007 by Black Dahlia from The Dwarfs. Hmm. So it's a good song. So we're going to end the show here with My Girl's Pussy, dedicated to Hugh Hefner. Rest in peace there, Hef. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 604. Until then, take it sleazy.
one pet I like to pet, and every evening we get set. I stroke it every chance I get. It's my girl's pussy. Seldom plays and never purrs, and I love the thoughts it stirs. But I don't mind because it's hers, my girl's pussy. Often it goes out at night, returns at break of dawn. No matter what the weather's like, it's always nice and warm. It's never dirty, always clean. In giving thrills, never mean. But it's the best I've ever seen. Is my girl's pussy. It goes out at night and returns a break of dawn, break of dawn. No matter what the weather's like, it's always dry and warm. I bring tidbits that it loves. We still like to tell loves. I take care to remove my gloves when stroking my girl's pussy. Hotline at 206-666-3846 and let them make all your wildest dreams come true. Oh, oh, oh. 